Welcome to the audiobook of Facts vs. Truth, written and narrated by Dr. Hugh Alexander Jackman. I want you to imagine that you are the judge in a court case. The truth is on trial. Facts form the prosecution. At the end of the day, you must make a decision. Which will you believe, the facts or the truth? I pray that this book will be a complete blessing to your life. Chapter 2. Overcoming Facts The Word of God is truth that can overcome any fact. The following is an accurate record of a healing which I received with the help of the Holy Spirit. I have shared it all over the world and it carries the presence of God every time I do. I have been blessed to receive all manner of healings through the Word of God and His presence in my life. They were all glorious at the time. However, this particular healing left a powerful and indelible mark on me forever. In 2006, my wife and I launched a television ministry. This was a huge step of faith, which took a lot out of us financially and inevitably me physically. As the pressure of the ministry mounted, I began to feel the effects of that pressure on my body. It began with a strange tiredness that I just couldn't shake off. Just a year after launching the channel, I had to close the whole affair. We suffered major financial loss and I ended up spending weeks in bed wondering what had happened to me. The tiredness just got progressively worse, until eventually I began to suffer with a form of chronic fatigue syndrome. This is a condition that results from a number of ailments, most of them are serious. I prayed every day and received some relief, but ultimately the condition only seemed to worsen. I visited the doctor and described my symptoms, which by now had increased both in number and severity. I had debilitating pain in different parts of my body. There was a consistent horrible nausea, which was accompanied by that awful tiredness. The best way I can describe it is that it felt as though I was close to death. I was feeling completely desperate. Finally, I began to give more careful attention to God's Word, the Holy Bible. I remembered the scripture which said concerning His Word, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Proverbs chapter 4, 20 to 22. 
Then I began to read from the pen of one of my favourite authors, who's now in heaven. His name is Charles Capps. The book was called Faith and Confession. The word of God through Mr. Capps began to transform my thinking. I understood that healing could be mine through the confession of the word of God by faith. Faith began to grow and I began to believe that I could be healed from these crippling symptoms. All I had to do was find the right words to confess from the Word of God. It sounded so simple, yet I just couldn't see it clearly. Sickness will muddy your thinking. I cannot say that there was a particular part of the book that brought me the breakthrough. Mr. Capp's words were like ballistic missiles striking at unbelief and poor teaching. Every sentence uh, seemed to knock down old sacred cows in my mind. I didn't realize it, but my faith was growing precept upon precept and line upon line. It's like feasting on a home-cooked meal where we now live in Spain, in which all of the components are cooked just perfectly. Freshly barbecued, crispy-coated fish, avocados, delicious salad and vegetables coated in virgin olive oil. Mm. That's exactly what I was doing morning, noon and night. I was getting filled up with the word of God. Amen. As I studied his word, I began to feel somewhat better, but a battle began to ensue. It seemed that I would feel better for a short time, but then the sickness would return with a vengeance, this time more painful and with much more debilitating effect. Sadly, even as a grown man, many times I would be reduced to tears. All I could do was just beg and plead with God through my misery. After some weeks, I was hit with the worst attack ever. I feared for my life, as the tiredness seemed to be increasing. I was so tired that I couldn't even get to sleep, ironic as it may sound. I thought to myself, if this is how life had to be, I'd be better off dead. I didn't realize it at the time, but the curse of the law was now beginning to affect my thinking. One evening, I was laying on my front room floor because I didn't have the strength to do anything else. I thought to myself, I don't think I can carry on anymore. I had fought the battle and lost. A deep and penetrating fear suddenly came over me. I was so tired that I truly feared that I would die from this thing then and there. I have always been quite an emotional person and I thought to myself, I'd better get upstairs to the bedroom where my wife was sleeping. After all, if I'm going to die, at least let me be with someone I love and someone who loves me. I was so battle-weary, I was about to give up the ghost in defeat. But as I crawled up the stairs of our home, I heard the Lord speaking on the inside of me. He said, you shall not die, but live. I was a pitiful sight by this time, a grown man weeping on the floor of my bedroom beside my bed because I did not have the strength to get into it. My wife, Siva, was in bed, but she wasn't sleeping. She was reading her Bible. She held out her hand to me and began to pray quietly. 
I didn't want her to know how ill I was feeling. And at the same time, somewhere in the back of my mind, I remembered what the Lord had said. You shall not die, but live. I said, I'm sorry, hun. I was always saying these words because I was living in a continual state of sorrow. I felt ashamed of what I was going through. I said to her that if I could just find the right words to pray, I'm sure I will be healed, but I just don't know what to pray or say. She held out her hand to me and took a hold of it. As I held her hand, instead of confessing what the word of God says, I spoke out what I felt. I said, I just don't have any strength. At that moment, this was a fact. I couldn't deny it anymore. I didn't seem to have any strength. Physically, I was done. Finished. Finito. Siva paused for a moment and then spoke the following words to me. The Lord is your strength and your shield. I heard the words. I thought about what she said. At first, my mind dismissed it as Christianese. In case you've never heard of that phrase before, it refers to the stuff that people say that comes from, you know, a Christian religious source, but it's not necessarily scripture-based or from the heart. Then I thought to myself, is that a scripture? That's a scripture, isn't it? I replied, what did you say? She repeated the same words. The Lord is your strength and your shield. Now, I was vaguely familiar with these words. I'd heard them in a song or read in a psalm, I thought. Deep down, I knew they were scriptural, but they meant nothing to me. They were a kind of distant and non-relevant form of encouragement. I said, what chapter and verse was that in the Bible? As I laid on the floor... Siva began to thumb her way through her old leather Bible. It was given to her by her mother and she kept it by her bedside. I found it, she said. Psalms 28 verse 7. The Lord is my strength and shield. There was a strange silence for a few moments, but it was like a calm before the storm. As thunder began to rumble on the inside of me, What did I just hear? How can this be? Have you ever received a word from God that completely and utterly belies your situation? Well, that day I did. I heard life in those words. Hallelujah. Could it be possible that I can be healed through such a simple scripture? I said, the Lord is my strength, the Lord is my strength, the Lord is my strength, the Lord is my strength. As I mumbled these words, my mind seemed to argue with me. If the Lord is your strength, why are you so weak? A war literally broke out within me. It was a battle between my spirit and my mind. You see, my mind represented the facts like a lawyer, whilst the Spirit stood up for the word of the Lord. Then a thought came from deep within me. It was the voice of God. He said, I am in you 
through Christ. You see, I had spent my first 10 years of Christianity pretty much studying the word Christ. You see, it's really not a name. It actually speaks of the presence of God in us. I was completely fascinated with it, so much so that when I started preaching, I only had one message. I preached Christ, the Anointed One, and His anointing everywhere I went. Well, I didn't realize it back then, but the years which I had spent studying the anointing were about to suddenly and miraculously produce the most incredible fruit in my life. You see, I knew as a certain truth that the Lord had made his dwelling in me through Christ, the anointed and his anointing. Now, if you want to know more about this subject, get my other book called Anointer, Anointing, Anointed, God, the Holy Spirit and You. Anyway, back to this book. I knew that God through his holy word would be incapable of lying to me. When my wife said, the Lord is your strength, there was an undeniable disagreement between my spirit and my mind. Finally, I made the following deduction. The Lord is in me and the Lord is my strength. The Lord is in me and the Lord is my strength. Finally, the following words just popped out of my mouth. I felt as if there was an earthquake in my stomach and it was about to erupt. They just exploded from the deepest part of my being. If the Lord is my strength and the Lord is in me, then I have all the strength I need. At that moment, I realized that I had been crying deeply inside for more than three months. The tears may not have been falling at that moment, but I was feeling so sorry for myself, the grief alone was enough to kill me. I instantly stopped crying inside and started speaking the following words out loud. The Lord is in me. His strength is in me. The more I spoke it, the happier I got. It was as if my spirit had been stooped over, waiting for the inevitable, but now I was beginning to stand up inside. I gradually made my way from the floor to one leg, and and then I raised my head up and I declared with a smile, I'm healed. (laughs) And just like that, before I knew what had happened to me, I was standing and then leaping and then running around the room. Hallelujah. I really had been healed by the truth of the presence of God in me. I never suffered that sickness again. I have been walking in the strength of the Lord ever since that night. I thought to myself, it works, it works. The word of faith message is not a lie. It's real. I say I never felt it again, but I didn't say it didn't ever try to come back. But whenever I would feel that tiredness trying to come back on me, it would be whipped into place by the word of God. Glory to God. The almighty word of his power delivered me and continues to do so today. Now, There were a number of factors working together that got me that healing, but now more than 10 years later, I've finally begun to understand exactly what happened. Now the fact was, I had no strength, but the truth is according to Psalms 28 verse 7, the Lord is my strength. Understanding that God's word is truth produces miracles, my friend. 
if you are seeking a healing from God, start confessing the following words daily, hourly, or even every 10 minutes. Whatever works for you, God's word is truth. No matter what the symptoms say, God's word is truth. Those symptoms are your mountain. They will be moved by the greater truth of God's word. Jesus said, if you believe that you have what you say, you will have what you say. I say you are healed in Jesus' name. What do you say? Now you know the truth. Don't sit in silence. The word of God can heal you too. If you are truly in need of healing, I implore you today, trust the Lord. Trust his word now. How? Find out what God's word says about your condition. Don't trust the symptoms. Trust in the truth. Find the scriptures that pertain to your case. Read them over and over. Keep reading and confessing them until they become your personal reality. Keep telling yourself what the Bible says. Remember, there is life in the word of God and healing for your body. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Don't worry if you don't understand it with your mind. Your heart knows how to extract that life. It was created for that very purpose. Remember, you are what you eat. So just keep feeding your heart, the true center of your being, with the truth from God's word. Say this confession with me now. I thank you, Heavenly Father. Go ahead, repeat it. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have made every provision for my healing through your written word. I confess that your word is the truth. I confess that your word is the truth. I confess there is life in your word. Your word is the final authority in my life. Even if the facts say otherwise, I will confess the word of God. Your word is the truth that can change any fact. My symptoms are nothing more than the testimony of the sense realm. But I confess your word because your word is truth in every dimension. Amen. End of chapter 2. Chapter 3. Redeemed from demonic forces. The devil uses facts emanating from the curse against the children of God on a continual basis. He sends armies of demons out daily to keep us out of the realms of God's truth. But how does he do this? By keeping the child of God fully focused on something else. The most experienced magicians are well trained in something called sleight of hand. This is an advanced method of distraction. If they can keep you looking at one hand, you will not see what they're doing with the other one. 
This is the enemy's strategy against us. He wants to keep the believer in Christ fully focused on his or her curse-rooted problems. Here are some truths about the curse or the curses. The curse is invisible, so it's easier to hide. Demons can exist by hiding behind curses. Let me repeat that. Demons can exist by hiding behind curses. In many cases, children of God are being duped by demonic forces, bringing sickness or poverty, distress or such like. These demons owe their existence to the curse. They cannot survive without it. Generational demonic curses do exactly what they describe. Hiding for generations, they emerge only when ready to repeat the calamities of the previous generations. The strangers lost heart and came out of their hiding places or strongholds. Psalms 18.45 The truth is, the Lord has delivered us from every demonic curse. When you find this out, the demonic strangers will lose heart and leave their hiding places. I went through a tremendous personal battle before I found this truth. You can save yourself the battle and look to the word of truth now and be rid of demonic curses which are restricting your life right now. How do I know that the demonic curses have been removed from my life? Let's go to the scriptures. Firstly, let's examine the entire account of some famous demon-possessed men. When he had come to the other side, to the country of the Gergesenes, Greek, Gergesenos, meaning a stranger drawing near. There met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce, so that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Matthew eight twenty-eight to 34 Notice that the demons know that there is a time coming when they will no longer be permitted to torment human beings. Many Christians are being tormented, not realizing that the very presence of Jesus immediately brings fear to demonic forces. According to Matthew's account, the demonic strangers instantly knew their fate without a word from the Lord. His very presence alone banishes demonic forces. Now a good way off from them, there was a herd of many swine feeding. So the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. Matthew eight thirty to 31 Notice again the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Demonic forces must beg the Lord for permission before entering the swine. Demons are subject to the law of God. They cannot supersede God's law. Once you are aware of this, it will activate your authority also. Through Jesus Christ, every believer has authority over all demonic forces. And he said to them, Go! Matthew 8 and verse 32. 
Notice, long prayers are not necessary when the child of God understands his authority and position in Christ. When the truth of your divine authority fully takes root, you can whisper a single word that will bring devastating effect on the devil's work in your life. It doesn't have to be go. It can be go. Same effect. So when they had come out, they went into the herd of swine. And suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea and perished in the water, Matthew eight thirty-two. Notice here the capacity of man. He is made in the image of God. He is able to bear so much demonic force. This is why demons enjoy their greatest manifestation through the occupation of human beings. Think about this. Two men hold enough demonic forces to fill an entire herd of swine. The book of Mark, chapter 5, also records the account with one difference. Mark focuses on just one of the men. There are slight differences in the record, but the outcome remains the same. Mark records that the demons, though many, spoke as one voice, calling themselves legion, and that the demons, upon leaving that man, entered a herd of swine of about 2,000 in number, from one man to 2,000 pigs. Can you see why the devil fights so hard to stay in your life? He wants you to be a home for his demonic forces. Here is a Bible truth that every believer should know. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. Just like when the Lord Jesus Christ walked on the earth, the presence of the Holy Spirit instantly dispels all demonic forces. When we accept this Bible verse as the truth, at the height of my physical illness, I had a daily battle with demonic forces. It was as if they were standing by, listening to every word that came out of my mouth. If I would give them even the slightest hint that they were affecting me, they would come with even greater ferocity. Please listen carefully to this word of the Lord, child of God. Hear them in your spirit right now. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Ephesians six twelve to 13 My friends, the battle we fight is spiritual, not natural. If we are to win, we must not let the enemy gain any ground. Put on the whole armour of God and stand in the knowledge that you have been set free. Watch your words. The enemy knows you are a child of the king and if you authorise him, he will obey you. My friend, the battle is real. Rebuke and resist him and his evil forces. Use your delegated authority in the name of the Lord and watch them flee from you.
This is a short chapter, but it introduces us to some thoughts that are going to be very important as we review the next few chapters. End of chapter 3